All right. All right, cool. So what do we, what do you want to talk about? Well, what do you want to talk about? I thought you're the man, Roy. You are the... I have no idea what we're talking about. You, you mentioned digital fluency. Digital fluency. I can talk about digital fluency. Does that um, mean you're fluent in your digital work? What, what would you guess? If I had to, if we were having coffee in a, in a post-pandemic world where we could actually hang out, well, fluency, and I said, hey, Roy, what do you think <laughs> digital fluency is? I don't, it's, it's almost like, are you fluent in digitality? Are you fluent on, on the web? Are you, what, what is okay. it? It's well, like a mystery as to what, like being fluent in digital is. Is that like, I got a lot of Apple products. Yeah. So i so are you fluent? I'm fluent in Apple. You're fluent in Apple. So, so what does fluent mean to you, mean to you? Well, like if you're fluent in a language, you're going to, okay. You're going to know that language really well. But when you're talking about digital, what do you mean like in terms of education? Yeah. So let, let's circle back to that. Let's stick with the idea of fluency. Let's imagine that you are fluent in the English language. We might not have to imagine that. I think you probably are. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a women Mary student here with us behind the board. I'm sure, our, I'm sure Jacob here behind the board is more fluent than both of us. But yes. Let's, totally. let's say that you are fluent in a language. Well, what's the difference between that and saying you're literate in a language? Well, literate means, uh, for me, that gives the impression that just, you just about understand it. Okay. You know, the, the, you're fluent is like, wow, I, I know this stuff really well. Okay. I can, so I, I can think... speak English, French, and Italian and German fluently, but yes. you know, in a literate sense, I, I kind of know how to read it. Yeah. So I think you're on the right track here. So this, this is a topic of interest to me in, in my field. So I'm a, a research digital teaching and learning, um, and digital technologies, and some of the philosophies that lie behind them. And so if you are fluent in a language, well, let's say if you're literate in a language, I would expect you to be able to speak the language, probably communicate basic aspects you know, of the world in that language. But I might not expect you to write a poem in that language, or I might not expect you to give a persuasive speech in that language. You have to be fluent in order to be able to do that. So if we, if we take that idea and apply it to the digital world, very loosely, digital fluency is the ability to make the digital world work for you as opposed to against you. So while you are probably digitally literate, most 21st century people are, and Jacob here behind the board is digitally literate, and I hope I am, what, are we fluent? Yeah, we might need some some younger, you know. Roy and I are pretty young, you know. We're pretty youthful. Oh, yeah. yeah, speak for yourself. But so the idea is, the difference between digital literacy and digital fluency might be similar to the differences in language, where you can do something with that. And so, while anyone could probably turn on a computer, can you make that computer work for you in a certain way? To accomplish things, to, to help you thrive as opposed to survive. Is that like making the screen brighter? Is that like turning the volume up? Is that what is? Come on, tell me like what? Exactly. So, so there's a difference here. And, and Jacob, you can pipe in here. When you think of the digital world, like, like the web, 
you know, and let's let's define digital a little bit better. So not just yeah. hardware. Yeah. Let's think about like Web 2.0, which is like the creation aspects of of the web, um, digital products, you know, podcasts and, and websites and things like that. Do you think that you are fluent or literate or neither? It feels like there's a lot of different things you could be fluent at when it comes to a computer. Like there's people who work in the film industry and they are really good at some program that will render visual effects into a movie. And mm -hmm. they are like fluent at doing that. And if they were given a big project where they needed to, you know, render an explosion into a, a room or something, they would be able to do that. That's so beyond me. But I feel like I am fluent at a lot of the like basic communication skills that are required to, I don't know, talk to a professor during office hours over Zoom or write my own blog or something like that. Right. So I think, so you've uncovered another layer. So there's digital proficiency as well. So think, you think about it this way, and I'm borrowing here from a researcher, I think out of New Zealand, uh, Derek Wenmuth, and then New Zealand is actually, they have some of this uh, aspect of digital fluency in their national curriculum. For their school, so um, and then Jennifer Sparrow out of uh, I think Penn State does some work on this. But so let's let's say that there's foundational knowledge that you need to have. We'll call that digital proficiency. So can I demonstrate the skills of using digital technologies? So I think I'm there. You're there, uh, Roy. Jacob, you're there. Are we in agreement? Sure. Agreement there. Sure. Okay. Level two would be a more conceptual understanding. So that's, that's digital literacy. So can I apply these skills effectively in ways that demonstrate understanding uh, of what it means to be digital and to think digitally? Hmm. Well, now we're starting to get a little well, more. What's an example of that? What's an example of thinking digitally? Yeah. One example might be um, social media. So I hear that on, on the interwebs these days, there's social media of all different types. And, I would say, and no offense to, to the younger uh, generation in the room, <laughs> Jacob, but I would say that I'm not sure that some of the younger folks using digital uh, or social media are, are using that platform effectively. Like, is it doing something for them as opposed to just kind of being in that realm? Is it helping them accomplish their goals? I don't know. I definitely have the goal of keeping in touch with old high school friends, people I've met in my life. You know, I was a transfer student. I've met a lot of people that I don't get to see day to day. Mm -hmm. I mean, now during coronavirus, I don't see a lot of my William and Mary friends day to day. And like, I think that social media at its best is, is a platform by which I can maintain in touch with those people and, and exchange meaningful interactions. There you go. Whereas I would say, you know, that's, that's email or that's, you know, my parents would say that's snail mail or something like that. But isn't that, aren't we kind of reversing that in that coming from the web 1.0 generation or 2.0 generation, somebody coming into it now is going to use social media and digital technology differently than, than I would. So email is almost a thing of the past to some. Um, oh, man, you're going to get fired. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, texting... Yeah, it, no, texting is, is much more now. Yeah, so, 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 here's, so if you would take, kick it up one more notch, and we'll come back to social media, because I think Jacob makes a really good point. He, he's looking at this as a, as a means to an end, you know, the end being staying in touch with people in your life. So it, moving from a conceptual understanding of what the digital world can do for you to a 
a procedural kind of fluency, it's, am I a digital citizen? You know, is my digital behavior respectful of others? Do I demonstrate technical and, and social skills? That's a whole other thing we could talk about uh, to enable me to be successful and safe in a digital world. So, so I, I work with a student club. Uh, I sponsor a student club here, and I swear they are allergic to email. I can't get them to email me back for nothing. This is true. I've and, seen that. Yeah, and and I and I every year the officers we meet. And I say, listen, the world out there is still an email world. I've never been in an industry or worked with another adult that doesn't have email as a critical part of their workflow. So let's practice that. And let's, if someone emails you, email them back. But isn't that like saying when we went through college, you've got to send me a postcard. You know, a parent would naturally just mail or post something to you where you would just normally, hey, use email. So I think this current, you know, a younger generation is going to look at email as ancient. And do we have to adopt and be fluent in that? Or are you, are you thinking that they need to be fluent? Yeah, I don't think it's either. I think we have to understand what's effective for the context. So I finally broke down and joined GroupMe so I could talk to my um, officers in the club. And it's amazing how responsive they are. Um, to to post and group me even more so than text. If I text them, it's like I might get a response back. So, so the question is more about what's effective in the domain, mm-hmm. and knowing what is effective and when to use it is an aspect of digital fluency. So I would hope that if Jacob graduates and goes get, gets a great job somewhere, he's going to be fluent enough in the digital world to understand ah, there is a point to using email right. versus. You know, it's sending my boss a TikTok dance video, which I don't think you're going to do that, but you know, it, it could happen. So that's a, that's a really small example that. of digital fluency. Then it gets really big from there. So I'm teaching a call 150 on this next semester, and the idea is understanding things like fake news. That might be digital fluency. Understanding moral implications, like data privacy, that could be digital fluency. Uh, understanding ethical aspects like plagiarism and ownership of intellectual property, understanding your digital footprint. That's a big one because folks are graduating college with dance videos on TikTok and funny pictures on the internet and uh, on websites and all these different things that now follow them into their career. Right. So understanding your digital footprint, what's how you control that is digital fluency. And I think, and I would love to hear from our student. I think colleges, maybe not William and Mary, probably not William and Mary, maybe not most colleges, mm-hmm. are not actively teaching digital fluency as part of the curriculum. It's something you have to pick up along the way. And then we have a pandemic, everyone goes digital, and we're like, what? Why isn't this going better? Perhaps we're not fluent. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge topic to, <laughs> to pick apart. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree that that. Part of digital fluency is understanding what is actually going on when I send that email, when I uh, I manage a few websites, when I publish something onto the internet. What is actually happening when someone else goes onto their computer and loads up my website? You know, you don't need to understand every aspect of, you know, how an IP address is is you know routed across the internet, but you really should, I in my opinion, understand where that information is stored and who's accessing that information when you're sending it mm. or when you're when you're uploading it to some website. 
know, when I post to Instagram, I think that a part of my knowledge of Instagram is to know that I'm, I'm essentially giving them information that they can do what they would like to with it's, 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 mm. I'm, I'm giving that up to them. They're storing it on their servers. It's like, it's not under my full control anymore. And I, I think that like William and Mary and, and a lot of colleges are trying to create these digital programs. They contract with zoom. They have duo, the, the normal oh, app man. that you have to oh, tap every time you log in. Wow. And these are all meant, I think to, make our digital experience easier. Like everything is a user interface that you just have to hit the green button or, you know, just hit, you know, the, the join zoom button and, and you're in. But I think that there is this background layer of understanding, okay, but what is zoom? Like who's running that? And what does it mean when I open the application on my computer? What, where is that data going or that, that information, how is it being sent? And I think understanding how that information is being communicated means that you're able to communicate more effectively under that platform. Yeah, that's a great point. And there's, you know, have you ever read the user agreement of any of these tools? Um, you know, is that a piece of fluency, being able to understand that? Uh, and it's field specific. So Roy, I'd imagine in your field, it's going to look differently than in my field or, you know, for a student. But the question I'm wondering about is, can we get to a core set of competencies that, you know, students in a 150 in their freshman year uh, could look at and, and benefit from? It's also like a digital emotional intelligence. Like, mm -hmm. how can you navigate this world in an intelligent way, in a social way and in an emotional way? What's your what's your IQ in it? Mm -hmm. mm. So, th so those are some things I, I thought we could think about. Uh, you know, I leave them with you to con to ponder. You know, I'm I'm looking at um, you know at least 15 aspects of this that I could lay out through a semester uh, and to kind of do one a week, and and I keep finding more. Um, you know, like I said, everything from fake news to privacy um, aspects to uh, intellectual property. Those types of things are, are real, and as we've learned during this pandemic, if you get caught flat-footed, there could be consequences. And I'm not sure that's right. I don't know if we should have to force a certain digital fluency onto people, but I feel like that's where we're headed. It seems to me that just in, in my lifetime, we've gone from, from digital technologies being something you could or could not do mm -hmm. or opt into to them being absolutely essential to any type of life, be it a student or someone working at some company where they need to zoom in, whatever they're doing, they, they kind of have to, to some extent, join the digital world and have that fluency. That's a great point. I, I, I was, uh, last thing, and then I'll, then I'll wrap it up because I think there's someone else coming after us. But I was, I was recently on a trip, and it was, it was, uh, I was staying with family, and they had uh, kind of like a pre-furnished or you know, already furnished apartment they were staying in, and it was built a long time ago. And so it had a telephone with a, it was a landline telephone, mm. and uh, it was on the wall. Have, have you seen one of Do these? Do you remember Jacob? what? <laughs> okay, you know what that so is. It was, back. it was on the wall, and it wasn't even a portable. It was a corded, you know, like the big rectangles, Roy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, someone said, "Oh, I, uh, I need to call someone." Or no, no, a call came in. That's what it was. The phone rang, which that in of itself is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, who has a ringer on? Like, sure. I haven't had my ringer on since like 2006. Right. <laughs> um, and a call came in, and there was like four kids in the room, all under 
nine, and not a single one of them knew what it was. Wow. And the person picked up the phone, had the conversation, put it back, and they're like, what was that? What is that thing? That's a telephone. No, that's not a telephone. This rectangle candy bar thing is a telephone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these types of assumptions of like, no, you have to live in this world. Uh, that's a really good point, you know, and then you get into the kind of the more ethical piece of that is, is that right or wrong? And, and are we doing students and others um, a disservice by going one way or the other on that question? Is there a different kind of standard to digital fluency per generation? Yeah, well, there's there's folks out there who say that there there's a there's a researcher from back in the early 2000s and the 2000s who got in lots of trouble academically, not real trouble, for making the argument that generationally there's there's a natural proficiency. So he came up with this. His name's Mark Prensky. He came up came up with the idea of digital native. Have, have you heard this? I have. So at the time, it was like, oh wow, that's interesting. But his point was, if if students, if young people grow up in the digital age of digital natives, they have a proclivity to the digital world, and they're more naturally fluent. And that's been shown to be totally bogus. Yeah, oh. not the case. Bogus. And so while Roy and I are digital immigrants, according to <laughs> Prensky, that's been shown to be bogus because it's not so much about when you were born and, and, and the nature of your upbringing, although that has a piece of it. It's much more about what you do in your context, mm-hmm. you know, and your exposure. And so uh, that's why some teachers will say, hey, we're going to do this, this digital project. You're going to build websites. And then that's all they say. They expect students to be able to do that mm. because they're digital natives. And that's just not the case. They're still a fluency building process. So anyway, I'm talking too much, but that's what I think about digital fluency. Yeah. And so you're going to take how many principles in this? You're talking about 15 points? Yeah, I would like to do one a week is is my kind of my idea to do a deep dive on one a week, you know, so moral understandings, ethical understandings, Mm -hmm. privacy, uh, media, fake news, all those things. Sure. And and, uh, do that for, for freshmen and see what happens. And to my knowledge, this is the first time that we'll have a course like that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just, I haven't seen anything else like that. And I think there's a real need for it. Mm. What would the degree in then be like, would you offer like a BA in digital fluency? Digitalness. <laughs> Digitalness. <laughs> Digitality. Digital, yeah. Are you digital ish or digital? Digital yeah. esque. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Too, way too many digital uh, things happening right now. So, yeah. but thanks for letting me come talk. Both of you. Thanks for your time. Thank and you. For your perspective. Awesome stuff. Thank yeah. you. Have a good one.